Um, the Great Commission, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. You've all heard that, right? It's in the end of Matthew. Uh, I, I looked at the passage in the message, but that didn't have it quite seeing what we're all used to hearing, so I went with RSV. It's Matthew 28, 16 through 20. It says, Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of age. Amen. Amen. So, I don't know about you all, but when I was taught that passage, I was supposed to what? Be evangelistic. Be another Billy Graham. Go out there and make sure everybody in the world knows that there's a problem between you and God, and you need to correct it and become a Christian. But that's not exactly what's going on here. One, you got to remember that Matthew used all the scriptures he wrote after Mark did, after Luke did. He used various scriptures that were Jewish-oriented that they could relate to. Why? So he was trying to convince the Jewish people that this Christ guy was something they should follow. That Christ's message of what? The command he gave us. What was it? Love others as you love yourself. Love God first and love others as you love yourself. That was what his whole purpose was here on earth. Which is so that you were loved unconditionally by God and you need to take that love and share it with everyone in the world. That was his message. But Matthew was afraid that, you know, let's face it. The Jews took ten commandments that God gave them and made them over to, into over 600 rules they're supposed to follow. Now, I didn't say make 600 rules out of it. I say, hey, I gave you ten guidelines. Could you just kind of hang with it? No, they couldn't hang with it. They had to add more. And so when Matthew wrote this, he's thinking, well, you know, it doesn't quite tell us what to do. It just says, okay, this is what he did, how he lived. We're what? He's gone. He's gone back to heaven. What do we do now? Well, we have to do what? Make sure people remember to go out and what? Share that with everybody else in the world. So I'm going to put out the word. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Jesus didn't say it. Matthew made it up. Oh, no. If you look back, it's not in any of the other Gospels. Why? Because Matthew was trying to what? Make a point. When we write stories, when we write things down, we have an audience in mind, and we write to the goal. And in this case, he was writing to a goal what? He wanted to make sure that the new church remembered that they needed to what? Go out and share this unconditional love and try to tell everybody in the world to get along. Amen. So you think about that, you know, that's what he did. He had all these things he did too, didn't he? He had people getting up and walking. He cured from a distance. Oh, your daughter's dead. Don't worry about it. When we get there, she'll be alive. Or, I don't have to be there, I'm busy right now, but go back home, it's all taken care of. Yeah. He was there, what? Showing God's love. Helping people, what? Share that love. That was his example, wasn't it? One of the commentaries that Paul lent me said, remember the WJD, what would Jesus do? That everybody was wearing those for a long time. Yeah, what would Jesus do? Okay, let's get into What would Jesus do here? It comes down to what? Jesus would have what? Flat out just said, hey, I'm here to help. I want to share love unconditionally with you. That's it. And he wouldn't even have said it. He would just do it. 
So if you think about this, Matthew is what? Why can't we get along? Why is there such hatred in the world that someone feels that they need to what? Destroy their enemies so they send them bombs through the mail, which has been happening all week, and they finally caught him. Wow. What is it that says that I hate somebody so much so that these people, oh, they're Jewish. They should have known to accept Christ. I'm going to go in there and shoot the hell out of them. That's not an option. That's not sharing God's love at all, is it? I feel sorry for those in Pittsburgh. If that was his goal, then I'm sorry. That's the wrong goal. Jesus said, love your neighbor as you love yourself. He didn't say anything about making sure they have the same exact belief as you. Judy Collins, if you think about that, song, the reason I pick it, one, God's been playing it almost every day on the radio for me for two weeks. And I'm listening to other stations. I listen to Pandora, Pandora and other stuff, but it's been coming up. So I was like, okay, I've got to do something. And then I look at this and I say, She's what? Both sides now. And I almost think after, you know, I start sharing love and you start thinking about how to act. One of her phrases is, but now old friends are acting strange. Why are they acting strange? Because what? You're showing love unconditionally. You're forgiving people. I'm sorry. You're not conforming to my idea, which right. means what? I don't want this particular person. I want to make sure I don't like this person. You're telling me I have to like them. I'm sorry, I don't want to go there. They shake their heads. They say I've changed. Well, something's lost, but something's gained. I've gained what? The ability to love everyone right where they're at. Not to change them. Which is what the world says. There's a form out there. When she says, I looked at both of clouds at both sides now, think about it. The bottom, our layer of clouds, we look up and we see the bottom, right? If you could fly and look at the bottom, atop, they're always white and beautiful. You get a storm, it's not so beautiful underneath. It gets black and dark and out. But we've seen both sides. Our world, us, we were brought up. I don't know if we were brought up or talked or conditioned to what? Fit a goal. This is the way you act. Obviously, when you're driving, it's good to know that you're supposed to be staying between the two lines. That way other people know they're safe. When you go to school, you learn two and two is four, and two times two is four. Two different angles. But it gets to the same goal. Love is an amazing thing. God wants us to love unconditionally no matter what. God wants us to forgive. God wants us to what? Set an example. And when you think about it, and then I'm going to read the, the message says, it doesn't, say, it doesn't say go out and make disciples. It says go out and train everyone you meet far and wide in this way of life. And the way of life Christ presented was what? Love. To love everyone, absolutely everyone, right where they're at. To accept them for who they are and not make them conform to your image. And if they can't conform, throw them out of your life. God didn't ever say to do that. God said that even, I'll even give you examples. How do I, how will I know you love me? How will I know that you're sharing love? Is because when you see someone hungry, you'll feed them. When you see them without clothes, you'll clothe them. When you see them needing a visit because they're in a hospital, sick, or, a, or even in prison, you go visit them. I know because what? You're taking the actions you need to take to share that love with those around you. 
That's the goal, isn't it? So when you think of this Great Commission, it's what? Change your life and share love unconditionally with absolutely everyone, no matter what. Forgive. Forgive above all else. And when I think about love, I realized this this morning and I printed this out. I'm going to end with one passage. 1 Corinthians 13. Think of these words. Think of these words and then put them in action. Because it kind of sums it all up pretty good. If I speak with human eloquence and angelic ecstasy, but don't love, I'm nothing but a creaking, creaking of a rusty gate. If I speak word, God's words with power, revealing all God's mysteries and making everything plain as day, and if I have faith enough to say, mountain jump, it jumps, but I don't have love, I'm nothing. If I give everything I own to the poor and even go to the stake to be burned as a martyr, but I don't have love, I've gotten nowhere. That last one, think about it. That last one, I'm just going to pause for a second, says what? If I make sure the whole world knows what I'm doing, I'm not doing it except for an example. I want people to think I am who I am, and I'm not that person when I get home. I want you to be that person all the time. Sharing love. So when you think of this, this person giving everything to the poor made sure what? Everybody knew he was giving everything to the poor. No. If you give to the poor, just give to the poor. Tuesday, the 5th of November, I think it is, we have to go vote. You know how they have the sticker that says, I voted? I tell them, I know I voted. I never need a sticker. I don't need a sticker. Why? Because I'm doing what I need to do. When you love unconditionally, you're doing what you need to do, and it doesn't have to be seen by everyone. So think about that when you see that one. So... I give everything to the earth, so I, no matter what I say, what I believe, and what I do, I'm bankrupt without love. Love never gives up. Love cares more for others than for self. Love doesn't want it, want what it doesn't have. Love doesn't strut, doesn't have a swelled head, doesn't force itself on others. Think about that. When you're helping someone, ask them what they need. Don't just volunteer it. Because you see, it's everybody's right to accept or reject. If you're helping them, hey, what do you need? You need a hug? Sure. Need something for something else? If I can do it, do it. But remember that part. You don't force yourself onto others. Isn't always me first. Doesn't fly off the handle. Doesn't keep score of the sins of others. Doesn't revel when others grovel. Love takes pleasure in the flowering of truth, putting up with anything. Love trusts God always, always looks for the best, never looks back, but keeps going to the end. Amen. Love never dies. Inspired speech will be over someday. Praying in tongues will end. Understanding will reach its limit. We now, we know only a portion of the truth. And what we say about God is always incomplete. But when complete arrives, our incompleteness will be canceled. When I was an infant at my mother's breast, I gurgled and goo-cooed like an infant. When I grew up, I left those infant ways for good. 
We are growing up in what? Christ's image of unconditional love to everyone. It's a big, huge step. It is a huge, life-changing event. But we need to take that step. It goes on and says, we don't yet see everything clearly. We're squinting in a fog, peering through a mist, but it won't be long before the weather clears and the sun shines bright. We'll see it all then. We'll see it all clearly as God sees us, knowing God directly, just as God knows us. But for now, for right now, until that completeness, we have three things to, lead, to do to lead us toward that consummation. Trust steadily in God. Hope unswervingly. Love extravagantly. And the bust of these is love. Amen. Amen.